Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back to the Industry Tactics Podcast. My name is Friendly Rich, and on the podcast today, a legend. You know what? Forgive me, I say beautiful probably 10 times too many in this podcast, but he's a heck of a soul. Jeff Matson uh, tuned in from a library, from an undisclosed library in San Diego. He was traveling. And um, so mind, forgive me for the uh, a little bit of the audio woes in this in this podcast. There's even a little introduction in, introduction from a librarian who kicks Jeff out of the library. Spoiler alert. Uh, it, it was an exciting chat. We talk about crash worship. We talk about um, animals. Um, we go all over the place. New Orleans. We talk about his amazing venue in, uh, in the Bywater called Happy Land Theater. And Jeff is a mogul real inspiration and it was a real delight to talk with him episode number 170 of industry tactics my chat with jeff matson humans look at the look at the angle you're giving me here um jeff matson welcome to industry tactics why thank you you sound Rich. good you sound good you look good i'm what doing else? great thank you you yeah. look great your beard's uh keeps going more, uh, beardly Beard. keeps going yeah it's amazing how that works yeah are you nervous? Uh, Do you no. get nervous for these kind of things? Uh, no, not really. Good. Me neither. Uh, um, this is going to be great. I can't wait to crack open your head. But I know you. We've had a few conversations. And you can go. You've got chops. I want to really... We've got about an hour together, Jeff. I want to really get into the mind of Jeff Matson. Where do you come from? Where were you born? Little rifle round. Inglewood, California, which, uh, yeah, it's uh, in Los Angeles County. Wow. What was that like? What was that like growing up there? Well... I don't remember much because we moved away from Inglewood when I was two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. In, oh, wow. Uh, in the West Valley, which is a um, place now called West Hills. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, back then it was a part of Los Angeles that was, had a lot of ruralness still to it. Um, Okay. Right by me, there was a cabbage slash turnip field mm -hmm. as I was growing up. It's now a giant hospital and medical complex. But, um, you know, horses, cattle, uh, still in, in uh, good old Los Angeles County. 
And uh, and what made you guys move around a lot? Did you move around a lot when you were a kid or just once? Negative. No, just Negative. once when you were two. Okay, okay. Just once, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what, I, where'd you move? Fled screaming. Yeah. Yeah, I moved to Moore Park, California. Um, the first time I left my parents' home, uh, I was in a hmm. college two-year program, exotic animal training and management. There we go. Now we're starting. It begins. Basically, it begins. yep. Yeah, it's like a zookeeper and lion tamer school. We're warming up. We're warming up. Welcome to Industry Tactics. We're here with a legend, Jeff Matson, uh, from such bands as Crash Worship, and others the purple hand of kareem abdul jabbar i need to know more about this project we'll get into that there's lots to know about it rich you're beautiful okay so so you uh you go into a two-year program to what now uh learn how to properly scoop tiger feces okay okay and you know yeah and uh shovel hay and uh muck around in the mud uh making sure that uh all creatures great and small are well cared for as they can be proper diets incredible uh what do you take with you from that experience like what what did you you must have learned so much but yeah. Uh, well, I honestly learned that I am perfectly fine picking up, uh, uh, elephant poop, but yeah, cleaning yeah. up after my fellow species, I am really disinclined. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, good line. Thank you. So, so you do you finish that program and go in to be a zookeeper or what? Uh, yeah, I worked uh, a couple times, you know, with koalas and rhinos and zebras and giraffes, that kind of thing. But then I got wow. out of it. I um, found my true calling uh, in other fields. How did you? How did you find that calling? Like, what were some of the early? Uh... Uh, I was interested in reptiles and herpetology, Um, you know, grew up with a lot of indigenous uh, lizards, frogs, Mm -hmm. snakes, that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. any, a lot of kids just, you know, they find lizards and, you know, keep them right. And I, I just think they're amazing creatures. But wait a minute, is your, what's your true calling? Oh, my true calling? Um, is to live a life of leisure. You're amazing. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, plug in Rich Marcella's guitar amp. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, um, really though, like what, when does the, when does the musical adventure begin for you then? Uh, sorry. I thought we were going to get there elegantly, but you're talking about, I'm jumping all around. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, Oh, you know what? I'm getting kicked out of here. All right. Um, Walk with me. Yeah. Yeah. Could I maybe do it? um, Oh, right. I'm in this vestibule. Uh, uh, Well, my phone's going to die. Are there any outlets outside? This is great. This is all part of the podcast, too, by Uh, the way. I don't think so. Yeah, well, you know Can you that. Take it off a speakerphone, please. I could. Here, let's let's try it without a speakerphone. Yes. 
Uh, you know what? I don't think I can because it's Zoom. I think it's automatic, but I'll, I'll get out. I'm so sorry about that. I figured it was probably, and I get excited. And I have a resonant voice, and I have yeah. a resonant chamber here. I do uh, operate uh, the most amazing theater in New Orleans, if you ever get there, the Happy Land. The Happy For, Land. Come by, say hello. It's a beautiful space. Lady that kicked me out of the beautiful San Diego library. Wow, this is great. This is great. It's okay. Thank you. This is great, Rich, Jeff. Rich, I, I, I have say to say no outside. more. I have to go outside, but my phone has no. The only reason I'm in here is no. I get you. I get. I, I'm following you. You don't have to repeat phone yourself. Battery. Yeah, you don't have don't to repeat know, yourself. I don't know the connection. We might lose it because uh, okay. I'm All on right. Wi-Fi now and. Uh, so I'm making my way to the. Do you have earbuds? Place. Not with right. me. I, I'm on. To... I'm on a road trip right here. Yeah, I see it. Actually, I love it. Yeah. I love, well, you know what? This yeah. is making for great content. Jeff, just be yourself. I'll try not to swear when you're in the elevator getting out of here, out of the library. I'm on the. Uh, do you call it escalator in? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I. But I'm, um, I'm, not, I'm going down, so I'm not escalating. I'm no, you're de-escalating. That's great. Fantastic. That looks like a beautiful library, by the way. You're in it's, San Diego. Don't you love San Diego? Isn't it a beautiful city? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, talk to me. I'll tell you what um, about downtown San Diego. I lived here 30 years ago. Yeah. And it was a different animal entirely. Yeah. It yeah. was... Um, yeah, maybe I'll just try to go outside. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, this you is fun. Take me out. I knew they were going to do that. I'm uh, searching for an outlet. Yeah, he's searching for an outlet. We're losing you a little bit. You're a little bit fuzzy now. You you went fuzzy Zeller on me. Oh, now you're back. Um. So okay. you. Yeah. So before we got interrupted there by our friend at the library, which was all part of the all part of the journey um jeff when did you get into the music into the like how did i, I i'm interested in that you i wasn't thinking that we were going to get into a jimmy page dude yeah okay okay jimmy, jimmy page. page as a you know young teen yeah it was all about uh okay jimmy page tony iomi yeah Jimi Hendrix, you know, all the, all the usual, yeah. uh, you know, players, all the usual suspects, uh, of that era. And when, and that, that tracks, but when did you, um, were, were you making music before you went to, um, like, yes. talk to, yeah. Yes, okay. Talk yes. to us about your, your I very yeah. diligently practiced my chord scales, sight okay. reading, um, all that kind of business, you know, okay. I, I, okay. Was, I was really, um, hell bent on being a session player okay. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Wow. So who's teaching you? Were you self-taught? No, I had a couple of cool teachers. Great. Uh, yeah. Yep. And this was the mid seventies. Wow. You know, the mid-70s, uh, San Fernando Valley, Chips Hoover. Uh, I became a jazz snob after I was a rock guy. I, I decided that rock music was too primitive and uh, yeah. stupid. 
Yes. And so I, I got into uh, playing jazz melodic chord progressions. And, Amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, I sold all my records uh, and became a jazz snob and saw, you know, Jocko Postas and Return to Forever and George Benson. Yeah, I was into that kind of stuff. Amazing. And, and and when do you connect with is like is Crash Worship? It's not your first band, is it? My first bands. Oh, there is a long history of first bands. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, cover bands and yes. that kind of shit. Yes, stuff. but uh, yeah, uh, okay. nothing worth anything. Nothing. Uh, I, I get it. We got to start somewhere, though. I was to some a uh, great band name, but the band itself was absolutely one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. Festival of Mucus. Festival of Mucus. That was a San Diego. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With John Hudak. I don't know if he's got a name these days, but uh, Philadelphia art, art music. Neat. Really neat. Really neat. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Festival of Mucus and Chips Hoover. Chips Hoover. Yeah. Um, oh, and both my I had multiple guitar teachers, and it was always in a you know the typical small closed room, and they smoked like cheese, yeah, like yeah. nonstop. Isn't that beautiful? So I got you know a good Ish. twenty years of smoking in yeah. each hour. I went uh, to. To you know, study, learn my new fingerings. The yeah, seventh yes. position. Yes. E yes. seven sharp F. Yes. Yes. I got, you got to love that. You got to love that. And um, okay, well, look, man, I'm so fascinated. I keep trying to cut to it. The crash worship. Can we get into it? Oh well. Uh, yeah, I I'm I'm rather fond of that project. Me too. Um, very inspiring stuff. Very important. Um, w- the legend of Crash Worship. You know all the footage on 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 YouTube. We're gonna cut to some music now, just for fun. Here's a little excerpt of Crash Worship, just to give you a taste. If you're not familiar with the work, this is Crash Worship. A little excerpt from their live in Prague record. Oh, my God. 
just heard the chaos. The ab- it, it really captures the energy of Crash Worship. That was live in a little bit of live in Prague. Is that album fairly accessible, Jeff? Can people go out and find that? Uh, not yet. Okay, so there might be some future releases coming. Um, that was a boot. Very cool. Well, it's, it's beautiful uh, stuff. And, you know, but with the internet now, I mean, it might be somehow yeah. on uh, yeah. you know, various streaming platforms. What, uh, what can you tell us about how you connected with those guys and how Crash Worship became to be? Uh, well, it was a studio project between two of the guys that were on drums. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was taking classes at a uh, local college. And then they decided to assemble a, uh, people for live performances. And they saw, they saw me play um, and asked me to join the band. Uh, and it was all cobbled together intuitively by those individuals. There, you know, there wasn't really, I mean, there were a couple of auditions over the days, uh, you know, over yeah, the years, yeah. but, um, but that didn't really work. It was, uh, it, it worked best as an intuitive yeah. assemblage. Um, you know, I, I, in my experience, I can tell there's a, uh, good chemistry in another individual and I without ever even playing music with them. Mm-hmm. I've, I have that experience uh, multiple times. Yeah. So, you know, it's just you meet somebody and you go, hey, uh, let's, let's do it. Yeah, man. I feel like I feel like we have that a little bit. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? I do. There yes, I surely do. There's my boy. Which means you're going to have to... Uh, you're going to have to put the pedal to the metal. Amen. Did you hear that in the back of me? I did. did I, I did. I, I enjoyed that. It's all. And there is a nasty, nasty drone in the background. I apologize about that. Um, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's. No, no. You, you sound good. Keep the um, whatever you've got there close to your voice box, though. It's sounding good. What you I, just. Okay. Um, Jeff. You said those guys in Crash Worship heard you play. Where did they hear you first playing? Uh, at Jerry Herrera's Spirit over on Morena in uh, San Diego. There we go. I was playing with James Call, the other member of the Purple Hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So you were in the purple hand of of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before you were in Crash Worship then? Yeah, but it wasn't named at that point. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah. We were in another act called in San Diego called The Love Monsters, which was the, the fellow from the Purple Hands yeah. and I and a, uh, a guy that did these raving poetry rants. Fun. And... Uh, and then we got this girl on uh, drum. She had no experience playing drums ever, but uh, I gave her a 
couple of sticks and she was kind of like uh, in the Flintstones, uh, you know, pebbles and bam, bam, just primitively playing the drum. And she Great. was absolutely perfect. But anyway, that was the Love Monsters, which you have not uh, ever even heard of until now, I'm sure. But anyway, yeah. So uh, in a little bit of my research, I did learn about that name, but I haven't heard heard them yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, very cool. Um. So, what was it like? Like it, it, it the the YouTube footage I've seen of this band Crash Worship doing their thing, and the lore of getting banned from you know every state in America. It, it kind of for what was it like? watching that project evolve just being a part of it seeing it kind of grow uh, well it's a tough one to answer because um well let me put it this way uh it really was an intuitive like i hate to keep using that word what maybe i should say something like this mm-hmm Everybody was left to their own devices and there was never any real discussion about what we should do or should not do musically. Okay. We just kind of, we uh, got together and, and uh, would mess around. And then, uh, you know, the typical like pieces of it and then just keep those. Mm-hmm. We, actually did rehearse uh much to some people's uh mm-hmm. well they would probably be sur- either surprised or completely like scoff yeah. at out of what we did we rehearsed yeah diligently okay and uh, yeah and but it uh was still you know uh, had a significant amount of improvisation or right. uh, energy injected into it. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, keeping it raw and uh, you know, we strived to make tight as tight uh, timing and music as possible yeah. while working in the, within the parameters of just a, you know, it was a focused and aggressive mindset. Yes. But without being, without being, you know, uh, the aggression was to get to the depth of the reality that is this universe we exist in. There you go. It was um, the it 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 seems like some of the heaviest both visually and musically and just experientially it's more than any of that it it just seemed like such a risky thing to be taking in as an audience member or even performing in like did you i i don't know i'm just kind of interested i'm really interested and fascinating as to where it comes from cuz like the i thought you know witnessing things like neubauten was moving which it was um certainly i wasn't there in those early days where they're playing the highways and there were fires but y- you guys seem to just go way beyond that i don't know i don't i just i'm interested in like where it came from this the way it was presented because you i i don't know i don't have enough background in this area but i don't see enough of it 
and it's so beautiful what it what it was anyway well it might be uh born out of being privileged white americans i think Whoa. that was a factor yeah um you know we yeah. could get away with anything at that right point. and in that point in time i mean try to shoot off fireworks in every venue today there's no way i mean maybe in a you know here and there yeah but um, you know in the late 80s early 1990s yeah uh, yeah and the way i see it is you know music has continually strived to push the envelope at least as far as you know pop music and uh, and all that you know mm-hmm. try to take it to the next level yeah so uh you know we were just trying to push the envelope of uh, our predecessors and um uh you know ancestors yeah uh, yeah and i you know i i took it from a perspective of uh i i tried to imagine myself uh you know sitting down doing this 30,000 years ago where i was coming from okay personally. okay i don't know if anybody else in that group you know was on board because like i said we didn't really discuss much and there was no real concept you know there wasn't a conscious concept that had been created to drive it it was purely just these uh few individuals there there are four of us that actually are the basically the core four Mm -hmm. and the chemistry between us four is such that uh there was a an explosion in the center. We were fall facing in toward the center and directing our energy into the center that then imploded and then exploded. Yeah. Like that's, all good that's things. How I see it. And, you and, know, and Jeff, um, was there a sense of, uh, there's obviously, it seems like there's a sense of protest, rebellion, all that good stuff in the music. Right. Or did, or did I get well, that wrong? Is it more of a, what you were going for, which was kind of a more primitive kind of looking back as deep as you can at the way that you put it. Well, as a baseline for remembering who we are as humans, Mm -hmm. really, you know, Mm -hmm. and a connection to nature and the earth and the the universe. Yeah. General, you know, Western culture has seriously lost sight of that, you know, especially Americans. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, Um, man. Yeah completely lost sight of that and so and that is where my animal training actually there you go because when you're dealing with you know animals they're they're as connected as can be they're they're you know it's been said that animals are not spiritual uh i will argue that point until i can't breathe anymore yeah man they're the most connected of all of yes yeah yeah well put well put so so it was it was trying to channel that which i really love that's great i think i heard you once talking talking about crash worship you you kind of yeah you did say that it was trying to get to this spiritual kind of place um so that tracks i think yeah just opening opening door or you know providing a channel like a uh um, you know how, for instance, lightning, there's, uh, there's a channel that opens up before the actual bolt happens, you know, the, mm. the electrical impulse happens. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, something like that, you know, but as I cool. envisioned it, and this may sound completely, 
pretentious and and I apologize, but once again, I always envisioned uh, the the core of planet Earth and uh, the energy channeling uh, not in any particular direction, uh, yeah. vibrating through me from the center of the Earth to the center of the universe. You're you're amazing. Hey, listen, let's um let's play some Purple Hand of Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Here comes. A beautiful track called Hellbox.
Can you, that was Hellbox by the Purple Hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So give us some background on that project. That was done with another member from Crash Worship. Was that kind of done concurrently while Crash Worship existed? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was another project. Uh, but I had with uh, the other person in the Purple Hands yeah. prior to the Crash Worship, as I mentioned earlier, James Call. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. And uh, the Purple Hand of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar project is one of my favorites because uh, James and I would purely improvise with no idea, no forethought, nothing, and yeah. just yeah. play. But we were so att- attuned to one another that it almost sounds composed, like the ends of the pieces were always, uh, you know, there was never any ambiguity mm-hmm. uh, so much, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh, I love it. You know, I love it's, it. It's kind of, yeah, whatever. But um, is, 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 that, is, that, is, that, is that a duo? Yes. Duo yes. project. Uh, 
yeah, James uh, is on uh, saxophone, uh, Vox organ, and mm-hmm. Moog Sonic 6. Synth. Wow. And I'm on electric guitar, uh, or they, you know, bastardized version of electric guitar. Amazing. Method. Uh, it, it works. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it was a little before its time somehow. I love Back it. when it was performed, that was 30 years ago or even more. And uh, I think there's a, a contingent now that I've discovered uh, jazz improv. Uh, mm-hmm. Those guys are waxing into, into noise. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and now it's kind of right in there. Uh, it fits in. It does, doesn't it? And how much um, is there? A lot of that material. There's at least uh, three albums worth. Wow. You know, like wow. whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's more material, but some of it's got problems. Yeah, yeah. You know? Don't we all? It's beautiful. It's beautiful, Jeff. I love it. Um, I want to talk about New Orleans and how you maybe bridge bridge us there but bring us to new orleans when you when do you move there when do you uh, what's your story with acquiring this beautiful theater the happy land theater and you're you're running if for those who don't know jeff runs an amazing venue it's such an awesome space uh in the bywater and and you've been running that for years you've been kind of i i compared it to i i i thought it it, it had a muppet show vibe to it just the whole so DIY. Um, it feels like such an important space to me, having created in that space. So, can you walk people through kind of how you got to New Orleans and and acquired that space? Uh, sure, I'll try to keep it uh, succinct here. Um, I had no plans to move to New Orleans. I was ah. coming back from Europe from uh, the last time I toured Europe with Crash Worship. Mm-hmm. And I came to New Orleans just to visit some friends. And uh, Delta's main hub is Atlanta. So from Amsterdam, I flew back to Atlanta before I went to New Orleans. And yeah. getting off the plane in Atlanta, the happy ICE dog wagged his happy tail when he smelled me. And I got detained for having some marijuana. Okay. And uh, yeah, so they they charged me some money. Uh, I thought I was going to prison, but uh, you know they only they charged me five hundred dollars under the no tolerance law. Mm. And according to the uh, customs agent, I was a complete scumbag for bringing a tiny bit of marijuana with me. Mm. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I got trapped in New Orleans. Uh, I got a job to. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, try to make back my 500 bucks that I had to give the, the feds, uh, wow. Wow. you know, uh, instead of just being a drunk for two weeks, the two weeks that I did be there. So mm-hmm. I did get a job. I got a job with, oh my gosh, this character, chef Eddie, he is sure with a big walrus dash. And, <laughs> anyway, mm. my mm. name and schedule was on the schedule before i even showed up for the interview so it was pure synchronicity at that point anyway so i was working (laughs) there got a phone call i was uh had a place in oakland yeah berkeley like right on the line there at the time and uh 
Wow. The landlords had discovered my 150-pound, 16-foot Burmese python and were freaking out. Whoa, so uh, I had nowhere to go. I had to, I was able, through the Berkeley Police Department, on the phone, super nice. I have nothing but great things to say about Berkeley PD. This yeah. guy uh, placated their fears and bought me two weeks. So I went out there, grabbed my stuff, including the python, Wow. And had nowhere else to go but New Orleans. So wow. came back there and found a place, uh, the house I now own. I was paying 300 bucks a month in rent. And, you know, it's not like that anymore. But um, yeah. anyway, so it all, you know, fell into my hands. The Happy Land. It's an amazing story. I was, you know, just a bike delivery guy delivering po boys for the Verde Mart. And uh, the door was open. I said, oh, excuse me, sir. I'd really like to buy this building. Mm. oh yeah how much no it was literally that uh, are you serious it's such a storied city man yeah and uh oh yeah uh it's it's a very storied city um that neighborhood now has uh shifted culturally um yeah uncomfortably for me uh but you know whatever yeah everybody's you know it deserves to be who they are. <laughs> right, right. There you go. There you go. That's that's awesome. Well, I mean, and 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 so you acquire this space on a on almost an, on a joke, eh? Were you kidding him? Uh, well, yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't expect him to to say yes. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it was a. It was partially like, hey, give me a million dollars, dude. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah, exactly. And, and, like that. and that's that space. That space there used to be the Happy Land used to be a movie theater back in the day. Right. Originally, it, there were two uh, shotgun houses on those lots. And the uh, one of them huh. was the Happy Land picture show from 1914. I and see. And then they tore that down and built the current building in the mid 1920s. Uh, okay. You know, in the silent era. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, part of an extensive network of uh, neighborhood movie theaters in that town. Unreal, man. Unreal. Yeah. Um, And how long have you been running it in its current configuration kind of as a... I know you've got hopes and dreams for this space. And you've been presenting a lot of amazing experimental stuff in that space. How long have you been doing it? Uh. Our first public event was a gigantic sale, basically a garage sale. Cool. Um, when I got the building, it had been a construction warehouse and it was cramped packed full of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I had organized it enough to uh, sell some stuff. And it was an incredibly successful, exciting mm. garage sale because mm. everything was absolutely ridiculously priced low. Yeah. Um, deliberately just so I could you know, get rid of it, and make people happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was 20, late 2015. And then a, uh, oh, wow. theater theatrical production that was the first thing, uh, we started doing, uh, working with theater groups, doing live dramatic performances and, uh, uh wow. And and, it, and, and, it, and what are some of the other, like, what are some of the acts that have come through? If you just, just like spitball a few of the, the folks that names that people might know, you know? Well, 
I've heard uh, from uh, a couple different people uh, that not only Hank Williams, but also Elvis Aaron Presley performed there. Come on. Yes. I have been told, hey, I heard Hank Williams play here. Sick. Sick. And, and then, yeah, and then some another different person said, hey, I heard Elvis Presley played here. Wow. Uh, that was, uh, I wasn't born at that time, so I have no idea about uh-huh. that. But uh, I, uh, yeah. Um, and And who have you brought through, though? Me personally, mm-hmm. nobody. I am like a spider uh, managing his web. Yeah. And uh, it attracts uh, uh, so called victims and they stick to the web. <laughs> so I, I actually don't produce nor curate. Uh, oh, I do a tiny bit of curation uh, yeah. managing, uh, but it's a completely on a uh, uh, an inquiring inquiring yeah. basis. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's it's so sure. interesting. It's it, to me, it's so interesting and fascinating on that front. And it's what a venue should be, in my opinion, which is amazing human with passion doing his thing or their thing the way they want to do it. And that's, you're, you're embodying that. And I wonder what you're, as we're getting there with our, with our interview here, but how, what are your hopes and dreams for where you want to push, what you want to do with, with the happy land over the next few years? What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I want somebody to give me the two to $3 million that uh, is needed to fix the place up. And so we can climb the walls and, keep operating yeah yeah um and uh yeah do or die part of my uh ethos over there is freedom yeah i you know there are a couple of uh (laughs) guidelines and boundaries that we kind of have to abide by just to keep uh being able to do things over there yeah um they're not too terrible like uh you know shutting off at a particular time mm-hmm. uh in the evening mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and uh we're not able to do like loud punk rock uh metal anything like that uh yet um but other than that uh i like to operate on a basis of a hundred percent freedom, you know, people yeah, are man. free to do yeah. whatever they yeah. wilt. Yeah. You know, it, well, that, that's true punk rock right there. I, I don't know what, maybe not punk the way we th- might think of it, but I, I, you're, you, you, you got it down. You got it down. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm holding down the fort in the neighborhood. Yeah. I see that. Tell us as we wrap, I got a, two more questions for you. One is what advice would you give any, I mean, you, I know you, 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 there was a period in your life. It sounds like you've to date lived a very rich and diverse life. Everything from uh tiger poop through to, I know you have a history with plumbing and you have a relationship with, at some point you would have st- stop doing music or maybe maybe not stopped permanently but um you moved to plumbing right uh well 
Yes, but uh, may I please point out that each and every one of us, at least in the developed world, have a very personal relationship with plumbing. Please Close point that out. personal relationship. I, may I please? None of us are, are, are void of plumbing, are we? Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> certain things at certain times uh, for financial reasons. Yeah, yeah. Fairly safe doing plumbing because I don't love doing plumbing. I mean, it's a creative exercise. There's a serious creative element to designing the system to function and, uh, you know, it's life safety as well. So, you know, that did satisfy a uh, creative urge in me uh, and also removed any energy that I may have had for other things because at the end of the day, it's hard dirty yeah. ruling work and so yeah. you know, yeah. the thing one wants to do is drink a six pack of beer and shut yeah. down until the morning tell me though you've you've um you've had to work to get to where you are you really have and you you just walked us through uh, one of the one, one of the chapters there but what i mean no, I'm, I'm, yeah yeah, I don't what, even know what the what I don't you, even know what the question is but like how have you managed to just stay to keep on a, a creative path, in your opinion? Well, I don't do enough of it. I'll tell you that right now. I'm, yeah, uh, I am jonesing to have a, a music or art-related uh, uh, project going on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time pulling uh, uh, pulling uh, tangible art out of thin air I, yeah. i'm not that that type i need to bounce you know i'm in, uh inspired by other people's ideas mm-hmm. uh, to get my own ideas which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i feel is semi-lame you know because i really respect all these great artists that do pull things out of their back pocket just mm-hmm. you know completely alone but I, you know i you know i'm i'm hopeful to uh be working on uh more stuff that i like and and the happy land is uh, figures into that yeah i yeah it's definitely part of that Um, yeah it does it does yeah yeah it it really does man it really does it's such a beautiful focal point for a lot of that creativity and community to come together jeff i like helping people out you know, it's, there you go. There you go. It's it's nice being in the in the background or you know behind the scenes a little bit. You know, you're, it's, you're it's mostly actors actors that get all the glory for you know cinema. Yeah. yeah. You know. Oh my God! But they're just hired guns. Yeah. Totally. They're, totally. They're, why do you think their names are first? It goes right. in order of importance. Yeah. Amongst, you know, actor yeah. to director. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you uh, go. There you so, go. you know, it's it's the carpenter on the set that comes up with a solution to mm-hmm. save the day mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm, they can mm-hmm. move forward and get that shot. Those are the real heroes. Yeah. Not Brad Pitt. I'm sorry. Yeah, well. I'm not Brad Pitt. Hey, uh, tell your listeners I'm not Brad Pitt. You're not Brad Pitt, and and uh, we won't get into Brad Pitt's uh, noble attempts in the Lower Ninth Ward, will we? Oh, oh but uh, I did sell Brad Pitt's bodyguards 
size 13 white shoes in the, that sale I mentioned earlier. Wow. 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 Yes. Wow. Oh, so uh, that sale, that sale was important. Been, the sales important. Those shoes had been in Brad Pitt's apartment and then in the happy land theater. So there is a spiritual connection between the happy land theater and Brad Pitt. He just doesn't know it. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm glad, I'm glad we went there. Um, you're beautiful. Any, any, I want to play one last tune and I have one in mind because I thought it would really make a nice, I don't know, a nice ending to our talk. This has been lovely, but um, you, uh, any last words, any final thoughts, things that you want to share with our audience? Oh, here's a question. Where can people learn more about what you do? What's a good outlet? <laughs> You're not that you're not that uh, online, are you, Jeff? No, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> there an ex roommate of mine when I was in that for aforementioned animal school uh, was under yeah. investigation. He's still to this day. That was 40 years ago. The prime yeah. suspect in a murder. Oh, God. Um, and the uh, the the officer working on the cold case uh, looked me up. Uh, about four years ago or so. Amazing. And uh, to ask me if I had any additional information about my roommate, ex-roommate, that might help. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't, um, but they're pretty sure he's the one that did it. But anyway, this officer in uh, the Ventura County Sheriff's Department Cold Case Division told me, Mm -hmm. you're really hard to find. Yeah. 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 And well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think I think br- break the mold. You'll yeah, never those... get me copper. <laughs> exactly, and 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 those who need to find Jeff's work, you go look for it. Crash worship, they're all over YouTube. You could definitely see Jeff in the in in the in some of that footage, and it's terrifyingly beautiful. I'm sorry, I can't answer your question. Uh, you did. I, I can't. Well, yeah. Well, we even yeah. we even got a little murder ballad in there. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, what what can you tell us about this song? We're gonna end with Phoebe's tender heart. It's such a beautiful song. What can you can you set that up before we play it? Uh, yeah. My vocal is the scratch track that was supposed to be sung by an actor. Or, uh, in a stage production about a self-help group for zombies. <laughs> there it is. Jeff, God bless you. You're be- Thank you for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate Richard, you. It's entirely my pleasure. It's great to talk to you always, no matter what. Here comes Phoebe's tender heart. Take good care, my friend. It's often said that the dead repose in eternal slumber. But how can this be when the likes of we Down the street, we still do lumber. When it's time 
to lie down. Instead the head and its crown. We all wish we could rip open Thank you, Jeff, again for being on the podcast. That was Jeff Matson. We just heard Phoebe's Tender Heart. Thank you, dear listener, for supporting Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. Go to FriendlyRich.com to learn more about what I'm up to. And we'll see you again soon. Bye for now.